Welcome to Ride Around the Road, the creative podcast that helps you get those pesky voices out of your head and onto the page. And remember, it's the journey that matters. Welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. Uh, today we really are on the road. I have my guest sitting in his car in Melbourne, Australia at 7 o'clock in the morning. He must be freezing, but he's so keen to talk to us. Welcome, Christian White. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm sitting uh, in a car on the side of the road, but it's actually pretty cosy. I, my wife and I stayed at my mother-in-law's house last night and I I, I could have just done this interview from inside, but I, they're all asleep. I feel like I would, I would sound, you know, when someone calls you and you're on the train or the tram and you sound sort of, oh uh, yes, hello. You sound, you've put sort of your business voice on and I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to give you my business voice. I wanted to give you my all. So I'm, I'm sitting in my little car, but it's quite cozy actually freezing outside, but quite cozy inside. Yeah. So everyone, we have the real unedited Christian White with us and very, very exciting to um, have him as well. Christian is an Australian author and screenwriter and he has just released uh, this amazing novel called The Nowhere Child uh, that has actually come out of nowhere and has taken, I think the expression and the cliche is for us writers, taken the world by storm Christian. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been pretty, pretty crazy. I'm not convinced that uh, I'm not in a coma. You know, I feel, I, I feel as though I may have very well uh, been hit by a bus, and now I'm, I'm living out this wonderful fantasy. No, it's been, it's been absolutely crazy, and um, it's one of those things, though, that you know, the cliche it takes uh, however many years to become a, an overnight success. So I feel like I've been working at this for sort of 15 or 20 years. Uh, so it, it's, it, it doesn't feel like it's come out of nowhere for me, for me but it's just this kind of, um, yeah, this culmination of, of years of work uh, that, I, that I, I've used to fantasize about being published, uh, but I never actually thought it would happen. So it's been a pretty, um, a, a realization of a dream. It's been fantastic. So everyone, we already know that Christian is our typical writer now. We all dream of overnight success and we all know that it takes forever. The um, advantage that Christian has is he's still very young. Uh, So Christian, one of the things that I read about you today was that uh, your characters are going to have a better life than you have because they're off to um, scoot about the world. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been, uh, the book has been sold into 15 territories and, uh, it's going to be translated into 10 different languages, which is, it, that's the, the, the super exciting part for me is seeing the book in, uh, other languages. I've not seen a copy of it yet, but it just, that's going to be absolutely crazy. So, and yeah, like you said, I, I have, um, I am the typical writer. I've been, uh, working, writing around casual jobs and on weekends for a long, long time. So it's, uh, yeah, I've had uh, dozens of ridiculous, uh, eclectic range of, of casual jobs. I've been a, um, I drove a food cart around a golf course serving refreshments, which is a real job, believe it or not. I, um, I picked apples. I worked briefly as I was a video editor for an adult film company for, a, which is where I met my wife weirdly. So it's, I've really just, uh, I've, I've put myself through, through, uh, through hell really to get here, but it's, it's been, and I think other writers out there will know that pain of, uh, of, of writing, working casual jobs, working uh, retail hospitality or anything, and just sort of having that, your, your brain constantly churning and thinking about those other characters. 
Yeah. Now I'm going to resist the urge everybody to go down the adult film market because I'm a very <laughs> strong interviewer. <laughs> but uh, golf food cart riders is a very serious job. As a golfer, we re- I rely on you very much to, to feed me <laughs> as, as I go around. Uh, but it is exciting that uh, so many of us, I've lived on 57, 56, and I have lived my whole life doing part-time jobs, pride myself that I've never, ever had a full-time job on the off chance that I may become rich and famous one day. And you've done it. Yeah, and I did, and it does get hard. I mean, uh, I um, I'm 37 now, uh, but when I was about 21 or 22, I said, if I get to 25 years old and I've not made it as a writer, then I'm going to give up. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to study something else. I'm going to get it back up. And of course, 25 came and went. And then I said, if I get to 30 and I've not become a writer, you know, uh, and of course that came and went. So I think um, that's the plight. It's you get to this point where you. Well, you're in it this deep. You may as well keep going. And there's something about part-time and casual work that frees up a part of your time, but also a part of your brain to really uh, be working and working and working, which I think you've got to do. I think you've just got to... um, You've got to just write so, so much. For me anyway, I'm, I'm, some people are geniuses and, and they can get it out on the page first go, but I, I've had to, I have to write and write and write to find, to find my story. So I think the, the casual jobs and part-time jobs are the key. But it is, as you probably know, it is probably, uh, it's a little bit terrifying and you do at one point just have to go, okay, well, this is, this is my life and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Did anyone ever tell you that you um, have to get a real job at some stage? Uh, there was hints. There was very strong hints. Uh, luckily, I come from a, a very – my parents are extraordinarily supportive. Um, they, I have three older siblings, and they're all quite successful in their own fields. There's a human resources person. My sister's a teacher. Um, so I kind of think my parents – part of it was a super supportive. Part of it was just, you know, well – We've got three good ones. If we mess one one up, it doesn't matter that much. Let's just let him go. And I think it was that support um, which really, really helped. I, I mean, I did get lot. I mean, dozens and dozens of people saying, uh, you know, um, do you have do you have any idea how rare it is for people to find work in in writing or? And I think people in creative in it, it was creative pursuits. Uh, sorry, giant garbage truck has just driven past me. Um, I think people with creative pursuits get that a lot. They get told that over and over and they get told it with such confidence that you are not going to make it. Uh, you know, I studied screenwriting and I remember in one of my first classes, a lecturer said, uh, there's, you know, about 30 or 40 of us there. And he says, um, you know, statistically, two of you will go on to find writing work. And I just think, oh God, it's soul crushing, you know. But I think part of part of the the pursuit and something I think we all share as writers, whether we're published or not, is just this idea of uh, not giving up and, and trying to block out all those voices. And when people say, hey, get a real job, you, you just have to sort of, uh, there's this sort of thing, this voice that bubbles away and says, they'll, they'll see, they'll see, you know, often they won't see, but every now and then they will. So yeah, I think you've got to, you've got to listen to that little voice. Yeah, I love it, everybody. We're talking to Christian White, the messed up sibling. You heard it here for some writer <laughs> on the road. Uh, now, um, if my sibling's listening, um, Mary Burns, uh, I am going to grow up and be a real writer one day. Don't give up yet. Uh, <laughs> and that, and that is a, that's a true message for all writers. But what gave you the um, big kick along was when you won the Victoria Premier's Literary Award here in Victoria uh, for $15,000. Yeah. And that really, um, what, 
I, I had spent so long focusing on the craft. You know, the, the, the Nowhere Child was actually the fifth manuscript I've started, uh, and the second one I finished. And the first I thought that was uh, that was halfway decent to show anyone. But now I had this thing that I wanted. I was ready to show someone, which is no easy thing. I, I wrote an article for. Um, Kill Your Darlings recently and I described it, the feeling as standing naked in front of someone for the first time. It's not perfect. You know, this is, there's a lot of work that needs to be done and this is what I've got. So, so you're ready to put yourself out there and you've, you've, you've taken that sort of mental step. But then the next step is even harder. You, you, you suddenly think, well, how do I get publishers to read this? Um, so that's, where I, that's when I thought, well, I'll, I'll try to enter some competitions. Uh, hopefully that will, you know, because I, I was a sort of nobody and hopefully that will propel me to the top of some people's piles at least so i entered the vplas which uh are ridiculously um optimistic really uh jane harper is one of the previous winners who i love uh, graham sinison who did the rosie project so there's these really big amazing people who've, who've who've won this prize uh but i thought i'll enter it i'll aim high partly because it was it's it's sort of an exercise as well to I think start entering competitions and start sending things off. Even if you get rejected, it's sort of part of the, your story, and it and it it gets a little easier. So I thought I just I um I'll just send it in and see what happens. And I was so sure actually that I was going to get rejected that uh, about three or four days before the shortlist came out, uh, they sent out an email to everyone who had entered that said really generic stuff like just details about the event really generic nothing to do with the rejection letter but i was so sure that i i actually read it as a rejection letter and i thought i'd been rejected and when the shortlist came out and i was on it i i went back to that email and realized it said nothing about that at all so it's just it was really really weird um but as soon as the um as soon as the vplas were uh, announced as soon as, as soon as the shortlist was announced this incredible thing happens where all these publishers who you've thought you've been trying to sort of brainstorm, how do I get it in their hands? They're, they're contacting you and, and reading it. And uh, it, it was crazy. I, I really went from being um, a, a nobody with this hundred thousand word manuscript that my wife said was good. And, but, I, but probably, you know, what are you going to tell me, you know? Uh, but then all of a sudden you, 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 I was propelled to this, this thing where I, um, Suddenly, I was facing this real uh, potential career as, as as a novel writer, which is something I've wanted to do since I was a, a really little kid. So it really, uh, and I would encourage people to enter competitions. I I was very skeptical of competitions, partly because, well, no, fully because uh, I just never. I just thought, oh well, thousands and thousands of people would enter, and what chance do I have? Uh, but what I what I found out later is uh, with the VPLAs, the year that I won, there was something like. Uh, only 88 or 87 other entries, which seems like a lot, but it, but it's actually not. There's actually pretty good odds. You know, I thought there'd be 3,000, 4,000, mm-hmm. but but one in one in 90 isn't isn't so bad. Um, and also, you you forget that just finishing a manuscript is a big deal. And so, a lot of people haven't even got that far yet. So, I would really encourage people to get their work out there. And and if they get rejected, that's part of it as well. I think you know I've been rejected plenty of times, and I think that that's part of um part of the 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 course and and you can kind of uh at least you have that sort of horror story as a writer that you can you can share with other writers yeah and and everyone as said um everyone's got rejection slips but you've got probably literally no chance in a slush pile but one in 90 in a competition is uh, much better odds isn't it 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, because um, you hear, everyone's heard those horror stories about the slush pile and, well, the, the interns look at it and if they don't like it, forget it, you know. Uh, and I don't know if it's real. I mean, I, I actually have heard of, there's quite a few books that have been published from the slush pile, but just having that, uh, going to the top of that pile and, and having um, someone a, a above an intern read it first, I think was really it's a, it's a really big thing. So I think, and, and I was lucky enough to win, which was incredible, but even, but the deal was actually done before, between the shortlist was announced and the winning, or the winner was announced, the deal was done. So really, if you just get on that shortlist and it's, and it's good, uh, you'll, uh, you know, you, you'll, you've got a, 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 a super increased chance of getting published. Yeah. Now I hadn't heard of a firm press, um, excuse me for my ignorance, but when I looked on there, I, I recognised uh, Jane Godwin, I recognised Alison Lester, um, and now I, I know um, very well, um, Christian White. Uh, a firm press down there in Melbourne, they've looked after you beautifully. I know the um, marketing uh, juggernaut, I mean, if it found me, um, it's they've spread their wings far and wide. And I was up at a little bookshop in Mullaney yesterday, and there you are front and centre prime real estate in the local bookshop <laughs> i love it <laughs> yeah and i went oh i know that book oh i've just been sitting on the beach all day reading that book great, <laughs> great life uh, no, you, you weren't even in australia when the, the announcement was made were you no i was in i was in london uh for three weeks i was because i because i thought of um you know i always wanted to write novels but i pursued film and tv uh writing because i thought it was a more a quote unquote realistic uh prospect which is, you know maybe it is ever so slightly more but i had started to get a little bit of uh writing work and i was actually in london working on in a tv show on a writer's room in a t- for a tv show and it's the first time it made me say because i couldn't actually get back for the vpla's awards and i think it made me seem like a real big shock it's like oh look at this guy in london can't even get back you know he sent a little note uh but it was the first time i'd left the country in years i was i was you know dead broke uh so, so it was this really um so it was this really crazy experience too because um as well as the time zone difference, uh, I was also there. I was there with other writers, but outside of the writers' room, I was quite isolated. You know, I was just by myself in, in in my little hotel room. So I was getting all this life-changing news by myself, and and I would go for a walk. I would, you know, I remember going for a walk around the park, this really beautiful park near the hotel, over and over, just grinning like a maniac. <laughs> And when I got um, when I got the final offer, uh, you know, because there was there was a bidding war, believe it or not, which was ridiculous. And I was speaking to I just I had an agent for my screen stuff, and they sort of just took care of it all. And I was speaking to them, and it was between uh, you know it was between two big ones. And we went we went with the firm because they're 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 a small they're more of a boutique publisher, but they're they're absolutely passionate about it. Their passion was so contagious. So we went with them and uh, which, you know, as you were saying, thank God we did because they've done an amazing job getting it everywhere. Uh, but when I, when I sort of, we agreed and everything and it was all done and I got the, the offer and it was completely changed my life. I was standing in, I'd sort of ducked out of the street because it was so loud. And so I was standing in this really dingy uh, English uh, alleyway, bawling my eyes out like a crazy person. I remember looking to my right and there was this sort of garbage man. He glanced across at me and, and he must have thought, this poor bastard, he's, must, he's, he's found out about a death in the family or someone's broken up with him or something. He's standing in an alley. But this is the lowest point in his life. And, and it was, of course, the opposite. It was, uh, it was insane. But, yeah, a firm have been absolutely incredible. I think that the fact that they're a little bit smaller – 
um, just just means they push they, they've pushed it so much harder, and, and it's a terrifying thing because you know you, you fantasize about being published, but what you don't realize is, is then you have to make a series of choices. You know, you choose different publishers and different paths, and you start to think, well, it, it could sort of it could still go downhill from here. And I think that um, uh, as, as soon as I went into a firm for the very first time, uh, I'd been one of my other sort of weird jobs was I'd been printing t-shirts. And uh, when I went in to see them, uh, the whole t- the whole you know team of a firm uh, were all wearing these t-shirts that said, uh, "Who took Sammy Went," which is the tagline of the book. So I was, just, "Oh, I've absolutely made the right decision here." Uh, yeah, so they're they great. Yeah, they were wooing you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, do you get to follow your book around? Do you get to go to places like Croatia, which I've heard is absolutely amazing? I hope so. I hope so. So far, uh, it, it starts coming out overseas in 2019, so next year. Um, so, so so far, it's just been Australia, and I've been lucky enough to get up to where you are, to Brisbane. I was there last week, and it was, uh, you know, the winter, but I'm wearing a T-shirt around. I don't know how to, you'd call it winter. And I'm into Sydney and Adelaide, and I'm going to um, WA and Hobart. So I'm, I'm really getting around the country and saying hello to as, as many people as possible. And then hopefully next year I'll be able to, uh, yeah, pop over to the States and the UK. And, and yeah, it's, it's and there's all these sort of uh, countries that I've never thought about visiting, like Slovakia, uh, which has got it, and things like that. It's like, yeah, I'd love to go to Slovakia, and uh, and of course, and of course, Germany and France and Italy. So I hope hope to get around to all of them. My my mum actually is planning this ridiculous tour where she wants to fly around to every single country and buy a book. Uh, but she did say that when there was about it was only about sort of four or five countries. So now now she's she's got it over committing herself. But hopefully she'll uh, hopefully she'll do that. But I'm going to try to do something similar. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, look, everybody, you've got to love your mother. How gorgeous <laughs> is that? Um, my mother would do that for me as well, except we got to go around um, my hometown's Goulburn and we get to go to Cookville and um, Bungendore and Gunning. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, you, this is a thriller in the lines. Um, Stephen King is your hero and you love real-life um, murders, I, I'm hearing. Now, the Korean Mail here in Queensland is, ha- is actually running a podcast series on real-life murders. Um, what's next for you? Uh, well, I'm working on book two at the minute. Um, it's another, it's another uh, mystery thriller, but it's different. It's a new standalone. Uh, people who, I won't give any spoilers away, but people who've read this book or will read it, it it's quite a finite ending. I think that a sequel, people have been asking me, are you going to write a sequel? And I think a sequel would just be a bunch of characters in therapy. I don't think it would be as compelling, you know? So the second book is about, um, there's not a great deal I can tell you yet, but it's it's about you know the title example for example I, I may definitely get changed, um, but it's about two women, uh, one the the wife of a, a a man who's murdered and the wife of the man accused of the murder. So that's that's where I'm at at the yeah. minute. It's, it's a, yeah, it's set in a small little coastal town, and it's um it's been fun because the, the American and Australia deal were uh, two book deals. So what that meant is you know the first book I wrote really thinking no one would ever read it. Uh, and there was this beautiful, there's no pressure at all. And, and now there's this pressure to finish it. And I've got a deadline and everything, but it's sort of offset by this. Uh, now I know how the editorial process works. That basically you have these amazing people come in and make you look like a better writer and, and make your work so much better. I'm feeling kind of, it's sort of offset by that. So I'm feeling really, really excited at the minute about the second book. And it's been good to, it's been good to jump back into a new project straight away. I really wanted to, to run with the momentum. Um, 
And I think not not spend the fact I've got to finish it this year is kind of this wonderful thing because it means I'll have to finish it this year and I can't procrastinate with it. So uh, yeah, that's what I'm working on at the minute. Yeah, and there's there's a real writer for you, everybody. Um, being forced to have a deadline is actually one of the secrets, isn't it? That actually makes you stop procrastinating and and do the work. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of um you you it, it, for me. The writing part has never been the trouble. I always made sure I found part, you know, found time writing, and I love it. I enjoy the crafts, but getting it out there and and is the hardest thing. And making yourself finish it, making yourself just okay, this is finished enough to show people, is really really hard. And I think that you could work on one paragraph uh, for the rest of your life, really, and it still wouldn't be perfect. So there's real element of of letting go and accepting. Okay, it's it's, it's not going to be perfect, but. Uh, it's finished and calling it and a deadline what a deadline does is it just uh, takes that choice away it's like no you've got to finish it or, or not you you have to do it so it's been uh, it's been pretty great and I actually with the first book I'd given myself deadlines but I just they I just blew past them without really giving them too much attention but this one is an official one so yeah I have to do I have to do it yeah and if this is sounding familiar everybody uh, I'm sure every writer goes through exactly the same feelings and one day we'll all grow up like Christian and have the same success. Um, but what you've got to remember is that second book is an awful lot of pressure, but I would assume having a, a strong team like a firm behind you to support you and give you the confidence would be a real boost. Yeah, I think so. I, I think the what I didn't realise um, when the first book was edited, it was just how much, uh, you know, I sort of thought, Oh, they're going to come in and they're going to rip it all to shreds and they're going to point out all the stuff that doesn't work and all the stuff that I've fudged. And, and that's actually exactly what they did, but it in this fantastic way because they're all working. They kind of sit you down at the beginning and say, look, we're, we're, we just want to make this book the best it can possibly be. You're the boss, but let's see, let's just work together. And I think by, by being open to that, vo- those voices, your, your manuscript, you have to push back every now and then, but your work only get stronger because of it. So I think, and especially with the firm, there's been no, you know, I hear stories about uh, writers signing up with big publishers and, and not getting perhaps the time that they want or need. But with the firm, they just, uh, you know, there's quite a few times where I just went in there and, and sat with the editor in their conference room and just just talked and, and put cards on the table and, and just put stuff up on a, on a whiteboard. And it, it's really fantastic. So knowing I have that support, at the other end before all you guys get to read it is just so, so uh, it's such a, it's this, this feeling that I've come across ever since being published. And, and I, I, I don't think we have a word for it. I'm sure they have a word for it in, in Sweden or something, but it's this combination of uh, excitement and relief. <laughs> and it's, it's sort of, it's, 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 I'm not feeling when people come up and say, oh, I really enjoyed the book. I have, I'm overwhelmed by this feeling of, Oh, I'm thrilled, but I'm so relieved. You know? So I think, I think that's the feeling I, I, I feel when, um, yeah, when I think about them being, they're, they're sort of my safety net, I suppose. Yeah. And um, is it the first time you've ever been the boss? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What writing, what on, um, writing, I mean, in my, any of my jobs, I was always very a long way down the pecking order. Uh, and even when I got a little bit of work in, in film and TV, you're, you're, you are um, working to achieve a, a producer's vision. So it's sort of your, 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 trying to make their vision stronger and putting yourself into it as well. But it's, it is at the end of the day about them or, or quite often more than one producer and then the financier and the actors and all this sort of stuff. Whereas, um, yeah, with the book, I, I'm the boss. There's certain things though that I would never push back on. For example, the, 
back when it was a manuscript, uh, it was called Decay Theory uh, because it's, it's based on this sort of this memory theory that's explored a little bit in the book. And I loved that title. And every single publisher and person in the world agreed that that was a terrible title. So certain things like that, I'd have to think, okay, well, if I like it that much, but everyone hates it, then I'm going to listen to the masses, you know? So it's, yeah. there was a bit of that involved as well. But overall, I, I was the boss. I, I think there's other things that I'm not, you know, for example, covers as well, based. They said, well, here are our covers. You know, here's, here's the direction we're going. What do you think? They don't say, you know, it's your decision. Because I think, and I, think it, I wouldn't want it to be at the end of the day. They're, they're professionals in their own uh, little little sections of the, of the industry. So I think that um, you're, you're the boss, but you have to listen. I, I listen to everyone. I was very open to it. So I think that's, um, that's important as well. Yeah, and also it frees you up to write. It just frees you up, and and your focus can be where it should be, isn't it? On on writing. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, now it is full daylight now. Christian's starting to <laughs> squint his eyes. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, now we have a beautiful dog asleep in the back. He's one of the most. Yeah, can you see oh, there her? He is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if we can get a photo of that. Yeah, yeah uh, she's a a retired racing greyhound. She's the best uh, creature in the whole world. And she's there in her little jumper, just being very patient with me. She's, she's, uh, yeah, she does that a lot for me. Usually she, she's got actually terrible separation anxiety. So very rarely is she further than sort of six feet away, away from me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, she's actually very glad that you're an infamous writer now because she can, um, sit at your feet as you write your second, third, fourth and fifth novels and become a new Stephen King. Oh, fingers crossed. God, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last question. Who's the boss in your family now? Because I know your, your wife is a filmmaker. Yeah, she, she's a filmmaker. Uh, she's absolutely 100% the boss, uh, but only because she uh, thinks about uh, life. Uh, you know, I, I'm so in my own head sometimes that I, you know, I, she, yeah, I sort of rely on her to, to, to do the real things. But, yeah, she's an incredible um, filmmaker uh she's an editor and a a director and also a writer and having her to sort of bounce idea we bounce ideas off each other a lot and having her is just i i i've said this to her and and she's sort of yeah yeah but i absolutely could not have done it without her she's been so instrumental in not only uh just giving me that support to yeah go and write and give me all that time um but also uh, ideas she she's there's so many times where we've been walking the dog and talking about you know, decay theory is what it was known then and, and, and bouncing ideas off her and she would say, that's good, that's rubbish. I could usually tell in her face straight away that if it's if it's good or bad. So, yeah, she's definitely 100% the boss. But I think it's a democracy, sort of, you know, semi, semi. <laughs> yeah. And are you keeping your um, novel set in Australia with our... I mean, I just think of some of the real crimes. I don't, I don't even know if you're going to continue to focus on real crimes. But we have some amazingly bizarre, horrific things happening. Yeah. Absolutely. And we've also got a really weird, um, there's an untapped or a largely untapped uh, energy to this place that is uh, wholly unto itself. And I think that we, um, of course, we're all influenced by uh, American pop culture and and half of the Nowhere Child, as you know, is set in Kentucky. You know, there's about an Australian going to Kentucky to unravel this mystery. Um, But there is this sort of great energy to the place. And I think people, uh, it's really great reading a good book set in your own country. Uh, the, the second book is definitely uh, set completely in Australia in a little, it's a fictional town, a fictional coastal town, but it's, it's based on a number of places that I, I love. I, I'm obsessed with 
tourist coastal towns in the dead of winter when they all go quiet, you know, and, and all the all the tourists sort of drift away. Uh, I grew up in uh, Mornington, actually, which is where I am now, uh, which is a small town, um, a small beachside town, and it's like that. In summer, it's just flushed with tourists but in winter it's very quiet and eerie and, and the beaches are emptied and it's so it's set in a, a, a small victorian coastal town that's that's made up but it's it's based in reality for sure yeah and for those of you of our international fame uh new south wales and victoria always have fights about who is the best state and who has the best <laughs> beaches um so uh we've had a wonderful slice of life here of um a successful writer or a person uh becoming an overnight success, Christian. You've been really generous with your with your insights, but also your excitement and your enthusiasm. And wow, how did this happen? It's almost like this innocence, like you're a bit surprised. I am. I still think, yeah. If I'm not, you know, there's like I said, there's a good chance I'm in a coma, or I feel like it's all. I've won a competition to. I get to act like an author for a while, you know, it's oh, oh, look, here he comes. Oh, I love your work, you know, and it's, and it's just a bunch of pages. It's just a bunch of empty pages and a cover, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think I do, I, I, I cannot believe I've actually, um, made it to this point it's been uh, fantasized about it for long enough and it's uh now a reality it's crazy it's uh, crazy can, can you imagine this guy everybody trotting around the world our beautiful <laughs> australian male so relaxed so easygoing, and so so very delighted in his own success um christian it's been beautiful i'd love to talk to you here all morning it's broad daylight now uh down in uh, the morning peninsula you can see the cold and the uh, <laughs> You'll probably see my breath. Yeah. <laughs> up, um, the, the garbage trucks gone by a couple of times. <laughs> Clearly garbage trucks are going to be part of your future. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I see that. Every sort of pivotal moment, apparently, it has to have a garbage truck there. So. Uh, uh, the romance and reality of um, uh, literature in Australia. Look, best of luck with it all, Christian. Enjoy your whirlwind trip first around Oz and then around the world. Uh, hugs to your mum and tell her I hope she has a wonderful trip. I, I will do. My mum doing the same thing. Uh, okay, where can we find you? Where can we find your book? Uh, so uh, every single, hopefully pretty much every single bookstore in Australia, it's a, a testament to a firm. They, they've somehow got it out there everywhere. You can also buy it online um, at Booktopia, Book Depository, uh, or you can go to my website, which is christian-white.com. Uh, you can get it through there. Um, and actually, if you do that, I fully encourage you to reach out and contact me once you've read it. And if you, if you like it or, or if you hate it, if you hate it, just give me, give it to me gently. Uh, you know, say, say a few nice things first. You know, the cover was really nice. I just hated everything that was inside it. I mean, I really encourage people to, to reach out because it's been, um, it's been great so far. One of the, the most surprising and rewarding things so far have been readers emailing me uh, and and giving me this little slice of their life that I'm just it's just just so honored to be a part of uh, so yeah you can get it hopefully everywhere just just google it. and for the overseas listeners um it comes out in the US and the UK in January of 2019 and uh everywhere else in the world um uh to be announced I'm not exactly sure yet but it'll be 2019 at some stage yeah, and that, and that's really exciting. Um, now, Christian is trying to build up his Twitter feed, everybody. Um, yeah. Now, I, I found Christian on Twitter and he and I together, you just hit like, like, like. Um, <laughs> find, find him on social media. I don't think he's on Facebook yet. I don't think I could find you on Facebook. Um, yeah, I haven't got a Facebook page yet and I haven't got an Instagram thing yet. I, uh, I'm very, I'm very, I've, I've got a personal Facebook and I'm, I'm rubbish at that, but I'm, I started Twitter 
for you know for this stuff so i've got a, a pitiful amount of followers uh but yeah please come and make me look like a real writer and and follow me <laughs> and hear my wonderful insights which are really just me retweeting stuff but i'm going to get better at tweeting interesting things uh, and here we go everybody you've heard it again here on writer on the road um you keep watching christian white for when he becomes a real writer one day <laughs> uh, uh, and that's it from writer on the road Thank you.